we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano. It is an insider look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on hot topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. So check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Teledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. AT&T connects and ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. What up? I am Dramos, host of the Life as a Gringo podcast. This is a show for the Nosabo kids, the, the 200 percenters. Here we celebrate your otherness and embrace living in the gray area. Every Tuesday, I'll be bringing you conversations around personal growth, issues affecting the Latin community, and much more. Then every Thursday, I'll be tackling trending stories and current events from our community. Listen to Life as a Gringo on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Wake that ass up. In the morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. Yes, not just a special guest. She is a legend. We'll do it. Introduce it the right way, then. Nadine Sutherland. I could have wow. did that one. The legend, Nadine <laughs> Sutherland. I think I did it better. Yeah. Welcome. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. Legend, Nadine Sutherland. Don't sound too bad. <laughs> but think about it. It is legendary. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've been in this business for over 40 years. Yes, Most people yes. can't say that. Yes, yes, yes. It's going December. I think it's the last Thursday in December. It's going to be 43 years. Wow. Yeah, I won Tasty Talent Contest when I was 11 in Jamaica. I love to boast. I was the first winner. There you go. And then immediately I started old. working with um, Tough Gong. And at the helm at that time was Bob Marley. So I had the, the, the wonderful experience of working. My first recording session was with Bob. 
Who can say that? My first yeah, record so, you know, I was with Bob Marley. Like, immediately say that because oh, sometimes legend. I still pinch myself. Like, you know. Well, tell us how it was getting into the industry back then and how your grind was and the journey was when you first started off. Oh, it was so natural and a little bit easy for me because I was always the little girl singing on stage, singing around the community. So I guess I was considered somewhat a little bit precocious. Grandmother catch me singing on a jukebox and give me two slap in my head. It was, you know... Young ladies were not supposed to be able to move their waistline like how I did as a little child, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know. And then somebody saw me, and um, it was somebody in my community who entered Tasty Talent Contest, and he came back and he was like, Nadine, I think it would be good for you. And I did it. The first round, I won. And in the second round, the grand finals, which was in December, I won. And part of my prize was a recording contract with Tough Gong. Bob at that time was alive. That was his vision. Because, you know, if you know Bob Marley's story, I heard from my father that his name, The Whalers, because they wailed so much because of the pain that they experienced through, you know, some unscrupulous producer. Mm -hmm. So he wanted life for younger artists to be better. So he facilitated that with his stuff going. You know, at that time, Baba Big Superstar and everything. So Mm -hmm. I got that opportunity as an 11-year-old girl, recording my first song, Starvation on the Line. He was in the studio Mm -hmm. because, you know, I was his little project. I didn't Mm -hmm. spend... A lot of time with him because, you know, after that, he, I think he transitioned the next year, went on to Zion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was my start. And I was just, you know, I won a talent contest and I went in. So at that time, it wasn't really difficult, you know. I got to ask you this because obviously we know you from Terra Fabulous, mm-hmm. the song Action featuring yes. Sutherland <laughs> too. How old were you when you did that song? I think I did a song, I, that was, I call that my second coming. I did a song, action was probably done when I was 23 as a demo. Okay. Mm. And then, yeah, it was a demo for me because at that time I went to London. I auditioned for Soul to Soul. Karen Wheeler left. A whole story behind that. Mm. I was the girl that was chosen to um, be the front girl. The managers hated each other. And I think hate is very mild. They (laughs) (laughs) It was like they disliked each other. There is no word (laughs) to describe that. So, you know, my manager then suggested that I come back to Jamaica and do dancehall, which was okay for me, you know, because that was my culture. They they were trying to steer me into more a more R&B line. Mm-hmm. So I came back to Jamaica, did action as a demo for Dave Kelly. Okay. But what happened is that the rhythm just took off in the dance hall. Mm-hmm. So if you see the journey of action, it's very, very, very strange. You see, initially it was Nadine Sutherland and Terra Fabulous because mm-hmm. I was out there before the dance hall of the 90s came. I was a mm-hmm. child star in the 80s. So it, came, it was released in Jamaica then was released in the ethnic market, and then Terra got signed to East West Electra. So because it was their artist, they had Terra Fabulous. Mm -hmm. But then they asked me to come in the video, and I'm a trained dancer, so I said, yeah, I'll come in the video. (laughs) I'll go in the video, and I took on the responsibility of getting the dance together, the choreography, because I did modern and Bali and African and dance, all dance. So I was like, yeah. So... They only had Terra Fabulous, but I think I showed up and showed out. Oh, yes, you did. Yeah, and by the time they they signed me. So initially when it burst in the scene, it was Terra Fabulous. And then after when they signed me, you see Terra Fabulous featuring Nadine Sutherland. So that's a history of action, and it's still being a history. Because I still can't believe that it's yeah. such still a hot record. And like, I'm like, like still, oh, you God. actually did the dub plate for Kamala Harris for her campaign, yeah, too, with I action. did. With action, I was asked, and... Yeah, I did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> did, 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 did you get paid the money you were supposed to get paid back then? Because 
I remember uh, especially <laughs> all the artists, like, it just felt like records just kept coming and yeah, nobody man. was signing them and it was just dub plates and they were just taking off. Did you actually get paid royalties uh, and publishing, <clears throat> things like that? Um, I didn't write action, so I wouldn't get the publishing. Okay. But then when I found out about performance royalties, which as a performer on the song, I think it was a little bit too late um, in terms I do still get royalties from action, but I believe that if I understood the business a little bit more, I would probably be a little bit richer. Okay. Which we ain't complaining. We like money. So. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Now, you also were on Wicked Dicky. Yeah. That's another classic yes. song. And I remember <laughs> singing that as a kid, not knowing what I was talking about. Angela, there's a, that, that's another story, though, with Wicked Dicky, though. Mm-hmm. Because Wicked Dicky, it was Wicked and, Wicked and Wild, a nice, wonderful song. <laughs> ooh-wah, ooh-wah, ooh-wah. And Buju had Dicky Dicky. So I was in London um, one year. And I was at my friend's house and I went to a Jamaican um, recording studio, re- record selling place. And the man said, congratulations. Record store. Record store. Mm-hmm. The man said, congratulations on your number one song with Bougie Banton. And I'm like, what are you talking about, sir? And that time I think some institutional you know, back in Jamaica, you know, you, you should speak a certain way, young ladies. I was like, sir, I don't have a song with Bougie Banton. I'm like, my girl, you have a song with Buju Bant. And I'm like, sir, I do not have a song with Buju Bant. And the man started to get angry and all kind of ways with me. And I'm saying, I'm going to play your song. By that time, he was heated. But I just never knew. And when I heard my song, and I heard, ooh, 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 and then the unmistakable voice of mm-hmm. the Banton going, dicky, 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 dicky. So that's how I found out. I was like, you know, when I go back to Jamaica, you know, I went to Donovan Jermaine. I'm going to have a talk with him. So that's how I learned that I had a song with, called Wicked Dicky. And he won't perform that song anymore now, right? Because I guess ever since, um, you know, he came home, he doesn't do those songs, like anything. I have no idea. We sexual. haven't performed it. Too. Oh, really? I never knew that. Um, I mean, I'm not sure if that's still true, but I remember at first they were saying, like, really? he's not doing any of those type of songs. When I perform it, um, it's the funniest thing. I perform and perform my song. And then the crowd will nicely just do bougie pop because it's, <laughs> it's such it's such an iconic song. It so it is like I'm like ooh, and then the whole crowd will go. <laughs> so I have no choice. So we're thankful. That was that. Did that happen a lot? Where you put vocals down and then you come back three months later and then it's a singer you be like, oh. That was the first time that has ever happened. Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, who's complaining? I yes, mean, that that has become another iconic song of mine apart from Action. I would say, after Action is Wicked Dicky. Yeah. Gotcha. Now, how were you protected in the industry at such a young age, at 11 years old, you know, being in this business, which can be really tough, especially for a young girl, mm-hmm. too. So coming up, like, who was around you to make sure that you were good? You know, I must say, um, there were definitely predators. Let me get it out there. You know, we have some sick people in the world. But what I'm very, very thankful for is that I had a father. Mm-hmm. And I had a father who could see what I couldn't see. His eyes were accustomed to, I guess, how men would look at women. So I was walking around with, I'm an 11 year old kid, come on, just getting into high school. So I'm very thankful that I had a strong male figure in my life that was a lion. He was a lion, you know, and, in, 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 you know, I cannot thank him enough because I basically went through a stage of my life being able to be a kid and being unscathed by a lot of stuff that is in the music industry. Um, right now, even my comfort zone, you know, when I go anywhere, it's my family. I always say my posse, it's my family. So I keep it really tight in my life 
because I feel more comfortable, you know, just being around people who who know me and you know, mm-hmm. yeah. And I also and after big up Mrs. Marley also. Oh. She had girl children. Mm-hmm. She had, you know, young women, Sidella mm-hmm. and Sharon. So she understood about protecting young women. Mm-hmm. And at a stage of my life, along with my father, she was very, very protective. So I feel big them up. I big saw up. you put her in the video, Queen. Yes, uh, that I you did. did. And Miss Pat is in that video Ms. as Pat. well, featured yeah. pictures. <laughs> Portia Simpson, who was the first Jamaican prime minister, um, first Jamaican female prime minister and Babsy Grange, and I chose those women specifically because I felt that they embodied what the lyrics of Queen is all about. And you too. I hear that you're going and do your own thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yes, I am. Be up yourself. That's yes. right, and I'm excited because this Queen will be performing at Angela Yee Day. Yeah. I just saw you too in Queens. Yeah. At the, yeah, I was like, oh, wait, is that Nadine Sutherland up there? I wasn't sure if they were playing your music or if you were performing it at first. And then I was like, oh, she's really here. I had a great time on that show at Roy Wilkins. Right, mm-hmm. the VP um, Jerk Fest. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm still living it because I got a chance to bubble. I was like, oh my God, any opportunity to wind up myself is wonderful. Do you still enjoy it? You still enjoy traveling and performing and getting I on that do. stage and whining and dancing? Mm-hmm. And- I do. And, you know, I'm really thankful. Like every day for me as a performer is a blessing because I basically am able to do what I could do years ago. I'm a trained dancer, I'm, I'm into exercise. Your knees hurt though at all? Not one way, That's not one thing, one thing. But I protect it because I know that, you know, it's like it's getting there. It's like, oh, okay, <laughs> not going to do the extra squats. No, gotcha, yeah, gotcha. Right, right, right. But every day is a blessing for me. Even like I was saying to my friend from VP, Neil, I was pinching myself. I was like three years ago, I did my master's. I was the director for the performing arts at a school. And here I am, I'm on the breakfast club. Oh my God, oh my God. I'm like, I never even thought in my life that at this stage that I would be still in, be still in music. So I always say music chose me is like my destiny, and I'm just a little small part in mm-hmm. it just being played out. And when it did slow down, because obviously it did slow down. Yeah, man. What did you do during that time? Because it feels go like school. Said school. Go school. Got a master's. You went to UWE, right? Yeah, I went to the University of the West Indies, and I was like, okay, so all right, you know, you know, you have to change course, right? Now it's a different kind of life. And I basically sat in the space of acceptance. And I was like, okay, if this is what you planned for me, God, this is what it is. And then the phone started ringing again. I don't, even, I don't even know what happened. I can't even tell you <laughs> what happened. I know that it was coming up to Nadine 40th, 40 mm. years that I was in the music industry. And I guess, you know, teaching got disrupted. That's another story. That's another story. And I went home and I'm like, I owe it to myself. I owe it to my legacy. I owe it to the energy of Bob. I owe it to the energy of Rita, of all those people who stood with me, my parents, to celebrate my 40th year. It was going good. The machinery was going. And then um, all my friends, I was going to have this big show in Jamaica. Sparga said yes. Vegas said yes. Marcy said yes. Third World, I was really psyched. Corporate Jamaica was coming on board. And the wonderful thing named COVID come. Oh, COVID hit. No. Goodness gracious. COVID That's just right. come. And then a Jamaica said, COVID mash up my life. It did mash up my life. <laughs> But you know, like for one week, I was knocked down because the reality of that, the 40th year and everything that was I was planning. And then I don't know what happened. It's just old music started releasing. I started doing interviews and I, I did Queen because I thought that Queen exemplified my life and a lot of women's life and the story of what we have been through. And 
I don't know. I'm here this morning. I, I don't know. I can't tell you. <laughs> it's like, there's no way. I was like, I can't tell you anything. So how impressed were your parents when you were 11 years old? And did they get to meet Bob Marley and come? And- oh, God. My father. My father found old. I bet. He found old because, you know, my father, you know, back in the days, well, still is a Pan-Africanist. And, you know, then I had Rastafari ideals, became a Rastafari later in his life. So, you know, he's a man of the 70s. And mm-hmm. if you understood... Um, the control, the cultural context of what popular culture was it was like a lot of Rastafari, a lot, a lot of Pan Africanism. So he was a man of his time. Mm-hmm. So when he met Bob, mm, when I, I was eleven, when I met Bob, so I was like, mm-hmm. okay, Bob Marley. My father was like, basically wanted to kiss his feet because mm. that was his hero, you know. So I don't think mommy, I don't think my mother met Bob, but my father sure did. Definitely yes. did. Yes. I gotta ask you, what is your diet like? You look amazing. Just to see, just even from when you were younger up until now, like, what's your self-care routine? My self-care routine is, I say I'm a flexitarian. Mm-hmm. So I can go vegan for a while, and then I eat seafood. But I don't go over, I'm not an excessive eater, and I'm not an excessive eater of carbs. Um, I don't smoke, and I, I take my red wine in the evenings, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I don't excessively drink. Okay. I drink a lot of water, and you know, I dance back in the day, so I still go dance classes. I still go to the gym. I still do a lot of cardio because you know, especially now that I'm getting back on stage. And when the music hit me, I feel no pain. I love to dance, and I love to, you know, I love to entertain. So that too. But I think a lot have to do in my mindset. I'm a meditator. I'm into spiritualism. I remember. I wanted to see Charlemagne. I was going to say that interview he did with Deepak Chopra was so impressive. Mm-hmm. So I really try to keep myself in a zone of positivity and just like, I believe that good health is a holistic thing. Mm-hmm. It's a mind-body thing. And um, I'm into all of that. So mm-hmm. I think that's, that has helped me. When did you realize you made it? What was the first time that you were like, wow, I made it? Was it in the Envy, no, say me nothing, so I make it yet. You it's made like, it. It's like, <laughs> No, she I, made it, yeah. You know, so when did you realize? Was it your first show, you know, <laughs> in Jamaica? Know. Was it your first show in London, in the U.S.? It, was it I've never your even... feature? Or, like, when was the first time you were like, wow, I made I'm it? I can tell you the truth. I mean, I think things so I'm make it. Yeah, because my career has been, you know, seen so many highs, seen so many lows. Um, there's so much more that I want to do as an artist. So, and if I think that you make it, I don't, when you think you make it, you don't work as hard as I do. You don't go on stage and perform like I do. So, I don't want to get in a space that I am complacent and I think I've made it. I want to go always in a space like, what can I do to improve myself? What can I do to be a better performer? Mm-hmm. Okay, so the wine, then I could have wine a little bit more right there. I could have <laughs> shake it right there. I could have do something more. Okay, so I go out doing my vocals. I'm like, okay, so, okay, that song. You know, like some people, they can't deal with me when I'm doing my vocals because like, you're so excessive. I'm like, this is going to be on record for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I've made it because I don't want to get in that space. Now, it's, I'm it's, making it. <laughs> now you talk about whining, right? So mm-hmm. as a young girl, you know, young girls whine. Yes. In America, I, I, I guess they would twerk. Yeah. The other day, uh, I guess somebody was performing at a high school and people had it a problem with It was Erica Banks. Her. And she right. was 23 years old. I didn't have a problem with it because at when I was in high school, my wife was was whining on her head. You know what I mean? Like, right. That was the dance back right, then. Right, right. I didn't see anything wrong. So what do you tell? Because even you said your, your grandmother or your mother popped right, you when you were right, whining. Right, so right. what do you say to those people? Because that's You know, the culture. funniest thing, um, I did cultural studies. And uh, um, one of the things that I recognize is what you call cellular memory. Mm-hmm. And uh, people who are 
have Africa in them, and that don't necessarily means that it's in your blood, but it's also in your culture. You know, like some places of Latin America, I notice a lot of people whine. We whine, we use our buttocks, and we twerk, people who are exposed to that kind of culture. Unfortunately, people see through different lenses, and you know, you see it, and it's associated with a kind of life. And unfortunately, it is um, usually complemented with a certain lifestyle. Mm -hmm. I knew when I was whining, I just could dance, and I thought it was wonderful. And I think sometimes a lot of young people who are whining is something that, as I say, cellular, it's cultural, they just whine. And people see through different lenses, and sometimes it's some Victorian lenses. And it don't necessarily mean that it's, you know... Sexual. Right. But then... In some sense, when you look at the where it came from in terms of sex, let's speak honestly with sex. There is a lot of stuff with sex. Sex is a very natural thing. Mm -hmm. Being sexual is natural. <laughs> um, I guess there are narratives that they associate it with, and I guess in some sense, when you associate sexuality with certain narratives, it becomes this darkened, evil thing, mm -hmm. which it's not. In Africa, it was celebrated as something as natural. So when you do like that, it's life. This is how you came. This is how I came. It's a part of life. Sexuality is a part of life. Unfortunately, some things are now attached to it. I be believe in time and space and understand that irrespective of we can intellectualize it and have this explanation, society dictates certain things. So there's time and space. Mm -hmm. And I don't believe in some sense that certain in certain spaces, certain things should be done because of certain attachment to those actions. So I don't know what happened. You're giving me a very, very wide thing. Don't but just ask about the dance. I was giving an example. Yeah. Okay. The dance, whine away. No, I, what about <laughs> going to carnival, right? And so let's just say, you know, my man goes to carnival and then I see video of him all up on these girls and he's like, no, it's nothing. That's just the culture of it. And that's, that's it's the culture we... of it. But again, you know, I don't know <laughs> if my man go carnival and I see my home pom 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 woman, I go appreciate it. Let us, let's be honest. It's like, okay, um, honey, and mm, mm, mm. so, you it's know. No. And you're not going to let anybody grind up on you. No. What no. about daggering? No. <laughs> no. You're not going to dagger me. You're not going to wind up on me. I believe in some sense that. If I choose somebody to dance and dagger with, with you know, probably, probably, you know, probably I'm from a different kind of age group and a different kind of mentality. But I don't want no man come behind me and come dagger me or whatsoever, and not for entertainment purposes at all. I was gonna ask, what are your thoughts on Afro beats? Because Afro beats, niceness, it's, niceness. So it comes from dance hall. It, it feels like, right? Yeah, I, you know, it's amazing to see just everything in terms of culture and the influence of. As I say, Africa, you know, because dancehall is so is where our music is concerned. It's the most African in terms of the speaking and mm -hmm. the rhythm, and to see that it go right back to Africa and it's the same thing. So you're just like, it's ex it was exciting when I heard Afrobeat. I was like, look at the world, you know, it's always this mixture and people listening and people, you know, ingesting stuff and then reproducing it, and it's just so exciting. And then new cultural forms, new cultural forms always emerge and all of that. I sound like a cultural studies scholar. All right, let me, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what do you like today? Like, what young art, younger artists are you like, okay, I, they're mm -hmm. next. I would love to work with them. Well, Coffee is next. She, mm -hmm. She's doing what she's love doing. Coffee. I love Coffee. I love everything about her as a writer. Um, some of Shinshia's songs I like mm -hmm. very, very much. Um, like, I like Chronics. Chronics. Okay. Chronics. Mm -hmm. I love Chronics. Nowadays, you know, some of the stuff 
that Jada Kingdom does. Mm-hmm. I mean, she have one, and it, I guess some people find it obscene, but I find it's very creative. Right. I can look at a work of art, and I am not a woman who likes a lot of profanity, but I can see artistry mm-hmm. in music, and I really like her new song. I can say the acronym. G P P. I like Thames. Who? Thames. Who named Thames? You probably heard the song. She's on the Essence song. Wait, where's Kid? She's like she's an Afrobeat artist. I, I'm gonna check her out. Probably okay. I hear her and I don't know you her name because you, you, a lot of artists I know their songs, but I'm not really familiar with any because it's so unimportant. I just was always yeah. She's to on music. the Essence record. She yeah? starts off the Essence record. Okay, cool. I'll check her out, man. And who is your Mount Rushmore of dancehall artists? So I'm stuck in the 90s, all right? That's, That's cool. Fine. I'm stuck in the 90s. Ujabandan. Okay. <laughs> Sizzla Kalanje. Where's the can't take more, though? Terra Fabulous. Mm-hmm. Terra Fabulous. One more. Um, I'm trying to think about artistry with writing and all of that. Um, I like Bounty. His Bounty. essence and his presence and everything that he comes with and Miss a Miserable back in the days is whole. <laughs> <laughs> He's the got that unique hunger. voice. Yeah, the voice and the whole posture was, you know, that menacing thing. I think that, you know. So you love the verses with Bounty Killer and Beanie Man. Yeah, oh my God. Can't, one more, Beanie Man. I have to put Beanie Man. Yeah. That versus was my, oh my goodness. It was way in the pandemic. It was in the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And yeah. when that versus came, I was a happiest woman because, you know, I was on my veranda and I was skinning notes and I was broken notes and it it lifted my energy so much, you know. I feel like that was the best verses that they had because that's the I culture think so of verses. Definitely one of the mm-hmm. best. Just coming from dance hall, like mm-hmm. verses is yeah. basically like a sound dance clash. Dance hall, sound mm-hmm. clash, yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you, you know, you see that link. Yeah, it was so incredible for me. I just remember... <laughs> And the police kept coming and knocking. Why is that? You want to be that guy? When Beanie yeah. Man said, I was like, don't be that guy. You want to be that guy. Don't be that guy. It was like, wicked. Yeah. I love Beanie. I saw Snow did an interview with Vlad, and he was talking about how Anything For You, how mm-hmm. that song mm-hmm. is really, and at first it was just you featured on that song. Yeah. And that's what really got him to cross over where they respected him yeah. in Jamaica after doing that song because yeah. he was going really hard. He's from, yeah. I think, Canada. Yes, he's from Canada. So how did you end up getting on that song? I was signed to um, East West Electra and um, they were about to put up my project. That's before, I don't know what politically happened at that time in my life. So they thought that, you know, after action to feature me on Snow, which, you know, had a big hit with Informa, mm-hmm. it would be nice, you know, to expand my market. So I ended up on that song, Nadine Sutherland, Snow, tu, 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 tu. I'll never forget that song. And then <laughs> they had a remix. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. And I, have, I, I, and I have to put up, they showed up, but they showed out. All the lyrics mm-hmm. that you heard and the performance was done right there. They taped, they wrote, they DJ, they did everything and filmed at the same time. So that's why sometimes when it comes on to the 90s artists, I tend to be like, I'm a... You know, just like giving them the honor and the praise because I see them in their mastery. Mm-hmm. And especially at that moment, you could have give your heart and mind and soul right on the spot yeah. that was done. So I, I, they just wanted me to show up being cute. So that's <laughs> And you're good friends with like with Tanya Stevens too, right? Is that? I can't say she's my good friend. We respect each other mm-hmm. artistically and we respect each other as women. I love what she has done in being very honest and candid about her journey in terms of 
you know, being an abuser and taking control and, you know, taking control of it artistically. I mean, as a writer, she's just there and she rate me too. So we rate each other as women. Can't say she's my friend. I'm not going to go to her house. She don't come to mine. But when we see each other, it's mutual respect and love because she's one of our best. Were there other women in the business that you actually would consider like that's my homie? Um, to tell you, uh, one woman that I will consider that is my home is Lady G. Mm-hmm. We don't see each other a lot, but she's a very, very nice person. As I said before, I'm not a person who you see a lot. I don't. I, I tend to be with my family. That's my comfort zone. So even like some of the industry stuff, sometimes I really don't even go, you know. You I just like show me. up. Yeah. <laughs> but on stage now. You'll think I'm a party girl. Mm-hmm. I'm good at watching videos. and <laughs> <laughs> So that's it. So I'm not really a lady G in terms of she's a very sincere and beautiful heart. That's, she's really, really a beautiful person. Now, before you came back to Jamaica, like you said, to do dance hall after you had left, what type of music were you supposed to do? They thought I was supposed to do some R&B, some Whitney Houston stuff, you know, because they thought I somewhat had a voice for that, which is songs. Didn't sound that bad. Um, I revisited one. Um... Simon, who worked with Soul to Soul, I revisit. He did an mm-hmm. album, and I got to do the song. I actually auditioned for Soul to Soul and got the part. I did it on the album. I don't remember the name of the song. It's so many things happened in my life. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So, so what, you were going to be part of Soul to Soul? I was. I was, was. going to be the next Karen Wheeler. That's right. Oh yeah, you did say Karen yeah. Wheeler. Okay. So what's it people expect from you this weekend? Of course, it's Angela Yee Day. She Yay. does this each and every year. And what what should the people expect from you? Well, they should expect me. Mm-hmm. be bringing who I am. I love performing. I love my stage. I love everything that I do. Um, whining and dancing and singing. Now, last year, mm-hmm. Angela Yee had a, it was a grandmother out there uh, whining. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she needed some help. Oh, yeah. I think you should do Well, she some... was with Noah Poa, and she definitely got on the ground and was going Ooh, crazy. I think you, you should serious? do a class before, like right before. You <laughs> teach people how to whine, yeah. and then you go in. All right, I, prob- <laughs> I probably have a whining competition. I might, I might do that. Yes, and can guys people whine? Some no, people guys like- can't whine. Of yeah, course can. they can. Yeah, I always see guys whining, yeah. especially now. It's okay. Back in the days, man and man never did want whining. It's just like you know, it's just like up. yeah. I was just like, no, only women whine. It's has changed so much uh, um, drastically because I'm seeing men whining and they're doing a very, very good job yeah. of whining. So yeah, man can't whine. Why you ask me, Envy? You want to whine? No, no. But I'm drag you up in no. on Saturday and say, come do a bad whine, Envy. <laughs> Envy could do it. Envy uh, wears a waist trainer. I do not wear a waist trainer. I do not wear We actually I, have video. It, it was a joke. Oh, my God. It was a joke. <laughs> Lady Sutherland, we appreciate well, you. And I appreciate Thanks. you so much. Mm. I can't even thank you enough for just being, you know, available to do this for me. It means a lot to the community. I know everybody's going to be super hyped to see I'm you. I know I am. super hyped to be there. And congratulations. Thank You're you. such a queen. I really hope you listen to that song. Oh, I did. I watched the video, yeah. listened to the song. I love big it. Big up yourself. I'm proud of you. Thank you. And shout out to BP Records, too. Big up, big up VP Records. Big up Neil. Big up Richard. Big up Chris. Big up Miss Pat. I, if I start, I'm going, you know, be they here for that. That's right. <laughs> well, it's Sutherland. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. What up? I am Dramos, host of the Life as a Gringo podcast. This is a show for the Nosabo kids, the the 200 percenters here we celebrate your otherness and embrace living in the gray area every tuesday i'll be bringing you conversations around personal growth issues affecting the latin community and much more then every thursday i'll be tackling trending stories and current events from our community listen to life as a gringo on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts 
It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side.